The following radio show takes place between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Events occur in fake time. Here we are again. It is Wednesday, May 26th, 2021, and we are doing a Wednesday edition of Simulation Radio Live. And it's a special Wednesday edition that we're doing tonight because not only are we doing a bonus extra third segment for a 90-minute show tonight, but we are also doing a drinking stream because I'm on vacation. It is a drinking show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan Seacrest is here joining us to kick off the uh, the vacation action. He has flown in directly from Hollywood to join us on the show tonight. So Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest. Sometimes Seacrest. it is a quest. Sometimes it is a quest. And we are on a very special quest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, which is that we're going to take a shot. So cheers, everyone. Oh, God, that is fucking gross. So we're going to sit back. We are going to have a good time over the next 90 minutes or so. And there's one way to have a good time if you're out there, which particularly for the people in New Hampshire, that Scarface office wallpaper shirt, Space Trucker. Okay, yeah, look, you you gave me some shit about being from Florida yesterday and being ridiculously white. So you know what? We're fully leaning into the Florida aesthetic today because it's look, it's vacation day. You see the palm trees. We are here. We are ready to go on vacation. But if you're not in Florida, if you're in New Hampshire, then you need to be on the lookout, ladies and gentlemen, for Marilyn Manson because he's out there. He is in New Hampshire. In fact, he might not be in New Hampshire, but he has to go back there because there is an arrest warrant that has been issued for Marilyn Manson to face the music for a potential 2019 assault that occurred at a concert. <laughs> the Guilford Police Department in New Hampshire said that the musician was wanted in a connection with misdemeanor assault that allegedly took place in 2019. Police said that two counts of misdemeanor simple assault are related to an incident that took place at the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion that involved a videographer. And this also occurred at the concert on August 18th of 2019 during the concert in that venue where the alleged assault occurred. So, look, if you're out there in New Hampshire and you've seen Marilyn Manson out there, then you need to alert the New Hampshire police because they're looking for Marilyn Manson. He's out there. He's a menace to society and he needs to be stopped, ladies and gentlemen. So go find Marilyn Manson out there. Look, I know I'm on vacation, so I'm not going out to go find Marilyn Manson at any point. Uh, on vacation. Look, maybe when we come back from vacation, then the Marilyn Manson search party can commence. But so you go to a Marilyn Manson concert. Sorry, Marilyn Manson concert. Marilyn Manson. Yes. <laughs> Even better. He's Manson. And he kicks your ass 
And instead of telling literally all your buddies that, yo, I just got my ass kicked by Marilyn Manson at one of his concerts, you tell the police? Yeah, it was his videographer. Look, I agree that that should be a very special experience to have Marilyn Manson look, who we know as is in some hot water for potentially just maybe abusing two former romantic partners, Evan Rachel Wood and Esme Bianco. Of course, Marilyn Manson has denied all of those charges, but he's already got a fairly a fairly healthy amount of controversy in his uh, in his repertoire here. So if you're out there, if you're in New Hampshire and you see Marilyn Manson out there anywhere, then you need to contact the, Mar- uh, the New Hampshire Police Department because they're 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 looking for him. He's out there. He's got to face the music. And I agree that it takes a special kind of pussy to get shit on by Marilyn Manson and go and tell the police about it. Look, that is a very cult-like experience. You get obliterated by Marilyn Manson, even hypothetically. Maybe this didn't even happen, which is what... I mean, have you seen some of the shit he does at his shows? That You could literally just throw that off like, no, no, that was all part of the show. Nobody kicked anybody's ass. Yeah, Sorry. look, it was a bit. I just beat the shit out of this one guy after the concert. It was all a bit. It was part of the concert. That's like as epic as having Biden sniff your kid. Okay, (laughs) yeah, okay, look. I don't know if that's a little bit different. It it could be, but look, if your child is subject to a uh, a cognitive decline man hair sniff, then... You see that over there? That's my little Susie. Yeah, that's the president. That's right. Yeah. They didn't know that he would be the president at that time. Look, back when he was sniffing little kids' hairs, he was just a creepy senator, which is not as important, okay? If if he was the president and he was sniffing little kids' hair, He had much more sniffer back then, we could say that. Yeah, yeah, he he had a lot more ability to to sniff people back then and the ability to get away with it. Because, look, Obama's going to protect him. I mean, actually, he was probably sniffing little kids as vice president, too. I wouldn't, uh, would not doubt. Brian Warner is the real name of Marilyn Manson, and the attorney for Marilyn Manson, Howard King, told NBC that the claim was ludicrous and that they are committed to cooperating with local authorities. So, okay, at least Marilyn Manson's going to cooperate here. Sure, he is out for an arrest warrant for a 2019 assault, and apparently, according to the prosecutors, his agent and legal counsel have been aware of the warrant for some time. But look, Marilyn Manson is going to cooperate. That's what he says. That's what his attorney says. They say he's going to cooperate. Whether or not he actually does it is up in the air. Apparently, the venue videographer had asked for more than thirty-five grand after a small amount of spit came into contact with their arm. And look, if you have Marilyn Manson spit that touches anywhere near your arm, you better fucking vile that and sell it on eBay in 10 years for, like, millions of dollars because that it, this is an investment opportunity, people. It's This is not an assault. This is a potential investment opportunity. Ma- Marilyn Manson's a Florida man, correct? I'm actually not sure about that, Space Trucker. I'd, I would very heavily be inclined to believe that he is a Florida man just based on what he looks like and who he is and how he acts. Look, have you seen have you seen him? Of look at him. Of course he's a fucking Florida man. There's no way that Marilyn Manson is not a Florida man in some capacity. Let's get real. He hasn't washed that arm since. Okay, yeah. If that that reminds me of oh, what was the bit from the show where oh, it was SpongeBob. It was the bit where uh one of the famous fish like shakes Mr. Krabs' daughter Pearl's hand and Pearl says, "I'm never washing this hand forever." 
and then the hand disgusting. Yeah, it just becomes absolutely disgusting. Look, if you come into contact with any bodily fluids from Marilyn Manson, which look, let's be honest, there is the potential for any of Marilyn Manson's bodily fluids to just leak onto people. That's that's what happens. Jamie, pull that up. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Okay, yeah. Look, if I had somebody that could pull that up that wasn't me that supposedly had everything already pulled up already, then we would do that. But Marilyn Manson is just such a uh, such an interesting figure to look out for. So if you see him out in New Hampshire, then, you know... And if you see him, you're going to know, okay? Let's be honest. Yeah, could you imagine Marilyn Manson just going incognito and like wiping all the makeup off and like trying to pretend that he's a normal fucking person for like one day of his life? I do you think that anybody would be able to recognize Marilyn Manson if he was What's wasn't? his real name again? Brian Warner, which of course you better hey, fucking Archie Marilyn Manson? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just I'm just Brian. No, I'm just Brian. I'm just trying to get some coffee, man. Could you imagine uh just a rock star whose regular name is just Brian Warner. Look, that doesn't have the same ring as Marilyn Manson. You can't do some of the shit that Marilyn Manson has done and be named fucking Brian Warner. That's All not this how time, this works. He just went through his whole career and instead of Marilyn Manson, it was just Brian Warner. Yeah, that's all it was. It was just Brian Warner. Now, I know Marilyn Manson might be under uh, the influence of various things throughout his career, but Americans are also quite under the influence because very stoned Americans are flooding poison control with their 911 and poison control phone calls. According to the U.S. Poison Control Center, they've experienced a significant increase in marijuana-related calls between 2017 and 2019, according to a new research study that, that was just published on Monday in one of the, the poison control journals. The report's authors wrote, Our findings document that U.S. poison centers are increasingly receiving calls about adverse events associated with exposures to manufactured cannabis products. The researchers are placing the blame on legalization efforts in a growing number of states, including New York. I don't, I don't know about legalization efforts. Look, what's happening is that new people are trying legal weed. It, our grandmother's one of those people. Legal weed becomes, once it becomes legal, so, a lot of people indicate that, you know, maybe I'll try it once it becomes legal. So are they saying, like, it's like the same situation of, like, the old guy that eats too many pop brownies and is like, oh, I'm dying and just calls 911? Like, yeah. They, they just, uh, they're like, there's too much of that going on. We've, we've noticed this since weed became legal, dude, you know, quit eating so many pop brownies. Exactly. It's like the stories of, I'm sure you've heard of plenty of stories of people that have, like, uh, called 911 or have gone to the emergency room when they think that they've taken too much acid and they just don't know what to do. They don't know what to do besides go to the emergency room and they're not going to do anything. They're literally going to take you in and they're just gonna watch you for a while and there is there is nothing you can do there you just gotta let let it wear off i yeah. i do know that they, they might even mess with you a little bit actually and, and place bets look it's in the name of science and there's nothing there's nothing that that they can do there they, they can't just feed you the magic make your trip go away drug which counteracts the other drug they that's it's not quite how that works but yeah it it's exactly like you said. It is uh it's people who are new people that have never tried weed for the first time that don't really know what to expect and are taking maybe a lot of it more than is recommended to them and they think, "Oh my god, I am so fucking high that I've got to call poison control and try I, and figure out what's going on." I would actually be interested in talking to like a nurse or somebody who is has to sit with one of those people after they end up going to the yeah. hospital. You know, like just 
Absolutely. Is that like the great day at work where they're like, you know, because we all have gone through that mundane, boring work. I'm sure they go through that, too. And then they're like, oh, somebody took a shitload of acids coming in and somebody has to watch them. They're like, oh, this is the good day. You know, that sounds like a good story to tell. And honestly, if you are somebody out there that's in the medical field, then be sure to leave a comment on the YouTube video or at Simulation Radio on any of the social medias. And let me know. I want to know what the most interesting uh, drug overdose patient story is that you've ever seen or heard of, because I know that there are some doozies out there. And if you have any of those doozies out there that you'd like to share, we would love to hear about those. So leave a comment on any of the videos and leave a comment on any of the social posts, social media posts as well at simulation radio. And don't forget to look, it's probably down there. Don't forget to subscribe, share, do all that stuff. Show all of your people. Space trucker in the chat says, "Hit him with ten cc's of methamphetamine, and that'll wake him up." Okay, <laughs> that that's gonna really enhance that's your gonna... <laughs> trip right there. That if you're not already having a good time tripping balls at the ER, then that's gonna. That's, He's too that... high on weed. Give him meth. Hurry. Yeah, that's gonna enhance that a little bit. In the study of the two twenty eight thousand six hundred and thirty people who called U.S. poison control centers to report having consumed too much reefer. That many? Yeah. The majority had too much flour, which is comprised of 65%. 65% say that they smoked too much flour, followed by about 20% of people that, that took edibles and said that they had too much. Then about 9.6% of people that said that it was concentrates, and 3.8% said that it was vaporized liquids, and then finally, miscellaneous manufactured products at 1.8%, according to the National Poison Data System. More than half of all of the calls... Just off of the weed itself? They're not even, like, doing anything special to it? Good lord. More than half of all the calls were made from a healthcare facility, although calls regarding manufactured products were twice as likely to come from a residence. The majority of calls concerned adults who were too high, but 27% of cases involved children under 10 years old. So, oh, okay. look, it, that might make it a little bit more understandable. If it's a that child under everything. 10 years old yeah. that took, you know, a little bit too much that weed. Just like, instant, like, you know, you left your dang edible gummy bears around, and he's like, oh, I just ate a giant handful of them. I can understand that, you know. But it's like an old bear. guy that, mm-hmm. that just smoked his first joint in 20 years, and he's like, I think I'm dying off of the weed. I, that, yeah. I think crazy yeah you you should know better buddy you're like 65 years old i'm sure that you've seen some reefer in your day so look through woodstock you wouldn't believe what i've done yeah if you've lived through woodstock man then calling poison control about smoking too much you're you're just you're really killing the vibe and you're killing everything half of of all those people i had to have had to have been oh 100 percent In addition to suggesting ongoing monitoring of adverse reactions to manufactured marijuana products, the researchers concluded their piece with an age-old moral lesson here, which is that novice cannabis users are often advised to start low and go slow. This guidance may be equally applicable to regulating new retail cannabis markets and products. And they made sure to note that other reports from past years have also noted a surge in marijuana-related poison control calls. And in Michigan, calls increased from just six in 2017 to as high as 59 in September of 2019 regarding children eating edibles. So, look, okay, if your child did something, yeah, Space Trucker says, dude, how irresponsible are you to let your kids get their hands on your stash? Uh, yeah, Listen, all quite right. irresponsible. You hide your candy from kids when you have kids, all right? I mean, and they look at it as hidden candy that you hid from them. 
I can understand that. You know what I mean? Like, no, a lot of people don't have like giant secured lock boxes and all that stuff because they're be just time smoking to get one. pot. You know, and they don't look at it as like, oh, it's just pot. But they don't realize that that now that there's all this crap going into it, or all this new stuff going into it, as in like edibles and stuff that can be misstrewed by kids to eat. They end up eating them, and I mean, I can understand that. I'm not gonna say that. I would let myself get in that situation, but I can see it happening, of course. Obviously, it's going to happen. And I can see why most of those calls are from that. Yeah, it's when little kids get involved, that's when things start getting uh that's when things start getting a little bit spicy. And that's when you start having to think about the rules differently or you start thinking about like the the moral Monday morning quarterbacking. That's when that starts to get a little bit hairier that's when where, little kids get involved. That's where I can understand the mindset of nine maybe 911 hitting your head instead of like, you know, you just smoked a bit and you want to call 911 cuz you think you're dying from the weed. On that same token, though, that was only 27% of the cases. So, <laughs> Ryan, seat rest. That You know, that's what you are now. Because I get that uh, we're going to get a lot of shit for actually claiming you to be Ryan Seacrest. Look, it's just part of the bit. So maybe Ryan seat rest is, is the play here. But, yeah, that's, that's basically it. You're pretty, pretty spot on there. Now, we've heard reports last week of Ohio offering $1 million COVID-19 vaccine lotteries for people that were vaccinated. What they were doing was they were trying to incentivize people to actually go out and get the vaccine. And the way that they did that was they were offering $1 million lottery tickets. They were offering $5 million total in five $1 million lottery drawings for people that were already vaccinated or it was an incentive to have people go actually get vaccinated and now another state is joining the list of states that are doing that there which is the great high state of colorado ladies and gentlemen the governor announced on tuesday that the state will also be offering five one million dollar lottery prizes totaling five million to residents who have been vaccinated the rules are the same all members of Citizens of Colorado who are over 18 who have received at least one dose of the vaccine are eligible for the $1 million prize. Residents who have been inoculated are automatically entered into the Colorado Comeback Cash Lottery System. And boy, it's it's great, isn't it? Officials will select a new winner every week for five weeks on June 4th, June 11th, June 18th, June 25th, and July 27th, according to the state's website. So this is occurring over five weeks. If you've been vaccinated, then similar to Ohio, yet it's giving away taxpayer money as an incentive. Yeah, we talked about this the last time when it was first announced for Ohio, too, that we talked about this on the very interesting show, I believe, that, yeah, while they're trying to vaccinate, uh, while they're trying to have it be an incentive to get people vaccinated it seems like that there's a much better way that they could do this right i get that they're trying to maybe make headlines and actually get attention to it based on the fact that this is what they're doing and it's possible that something like this could actually cause people to go out and get a vaccine because you know how crazy lottery people are right people that go out and buy lottery tickets are fucking insane and you could convince them to go get a lottery ticket over just about everything or just about anything, but on that same token, they could, they could probably use those funds to do something better. 
I mean, at that point, just pay everybody that gets a vaccine now. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, you got yours too early. You you missed out. Now the people that don't have it, we're going to give them all 100 bucks each. I bet you that would be way more effective and probably cost eh, roughly a little bit more than what they're doing now. But still, you know, they're going to end up doing more stuff like this in the end anyways that's going to burn up more money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's got to be a better way to do this. Like, if they maybe divided that $5 million, okay, so they've got $5 million to give away. And I know that in Ohio, for instance, I think it was a $27 million surplus that they had of these these funds to provide relief for, you know, general COVID relief, which is undefined, of course. 20 bucks a vaccine, boom. You know, that would get so many more people out there. Yeah, you you divide that $5 million into, okay, maybe uh, instead of five $1 million drawings, we could do uh, uh, smaller amounts, more giveaways of smaller amounts of money. Or like... A load of $1,000 giveaways. Holy crap, you know how many people would shit their pants for that? Like, come on, a shitload of them? I mean... Or, $5 million into $1,000. i am not going to do the math right now, but you guys got the picture. Yeah, or like Space Trucker says, state tax credit for vaxxers would work better on a larger scale. Yeah, and and it's something that would benefit everybody, and it would incentivize people rather than be entered into a drawing to be one of five people. Wouldn't a state tax credit be more incentivizing to actually have you go out there and get the vaccine? Because, okay, look, you're going to go out there and get the vaccine, and for that, you're guaranteed 100% a some sort of a, a benefit from this. And regardless of whether or not you see going out to get the vaccine as something that you do to benefit humanity and to benefit others and not be selfish and be able to take off your fucking mask, it does help to have some sort of incentive process. And if everybody is getting maybe a smaller incentive, like, for instance, a state tax credit, then that sounds like something that would work better here. But alas, it seems like this idea is one that is catching on because Colorado is joining Ohio in this initiative program. Nearly 3 million Coloradoans have received at least the first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, and about 2.5 million have received both doses. And this represents actually about 50% of Colorado's population. So that is, uh, that those are higher numbers than Ohio. Coloradoans do not, Coloradans, apparently. Coloradans did not actually need as much convincing as the people from Ohio, because I believe the number from Ohio is something like in the low 40s to upper 30s percent of people that were vaccinated. But on that same token, it was also an earlier, excuse me, it was also an earlier time too. And this was about a couple of weeks ago. And so maybe, especially considering the $1 million lottery, that uh, maybe that might've convinced people to do a little bit better on that. Do you remember what your high school graduating class is a graduating prank was out there to the people. Now, I know that a lot of you guys out there were maybe either part of or were very well aware of a lot of the senior pranks. Because, look, it's a common tradition that is as old as the test of time. If you were part of a graduating senior high school class, then you probably played some sort of a prank. And I'm going to be honest here. I don't remember what mine was because I did not care and I just wanted to get out, get the fuck out of high school as soon as possible. So I really did not partake in a lot of the uh, the late high school traditions. The shenanigans. That yeah. Didn't go to prom, didn't do any of that stupid shit. But 
I've heard I've heard that a lot of people participate in those, right? And half of a Texas high school graduating class is being suspended after an unfortunate prank. What they did was they went out to the high school football field and they decided to take a bunch of plastic forks and just jam them in the field. The space trucker poured black all over the road and everybody did huge burnouts in the, the puddle or he poured bleach all over the road. Oh, you know what? That sounds like a good time. That plus, that sounds like something that is probably not going to to hurt somebody. Yeah, it just sounds like people that are having a good time, and it lets other people know about what you did. So it's relatively harmless. I'm not going to say completely harmless. Now, but how did they do these plastic forks? Did they set them up to where it's like, oh, dude, if, if somebody falls on one of these, it's going to mess them up? Or like, was it just like they're making something out of it? They initially tried to make some art out of it. About 40 students were involved altogether, but some went into Comfort High School in Texas at night and spread balloons and plastic wrap inside. So they jammed the fucking plastic forks right in there, put balloons around it, put plastic wrap around them, and it's essentially vandalism that's going on here. It's kind of a little bit of vandalism, but, you know, at least the worst thing that's going to happen is that the high school staff is going to have to clean it up. But... According to a parent, it was a harmless senior prank that all of us parents knew 100% what was going on, they told News 4 in Texas. Pictures posted by reporter Mer- Morgan Burl on Twitter included a photo of a mounted deer head rearranged to be crooked and other mischief. So yeah, put, put a fork in it. <laughs> stick a fork in that only deer that head. Would be a pr- done. Only in Texas would that be a prank. They're like, we're going to mess up this deer head real good. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna run over a deer on the way to the school. We're going to chop its fucking head off. Oh, they did it like that? I thought it was just a regular... Yeah. <laughs> right, it's right off. Just clean right off. We're going to chop its head off. And then we're going to jam this deer head on a steak, on a fork, on a plastic fork, by the way, on just casual plastic fork jam it right into the football field hey at least they went with the theme plastic forked it you know yeah plastic fork for a plastic high school (laughs) the valedictorian and salutatorian were among the high performers in the class who are in on the shenanigans who are now suspended along with half of that same graduating class the situation has prompted the social media hashtag free the forking seniors which has gone viral on social media because this does seem a little bit ridiculous, right? Yeah, parents can clean it up then. Look, the parents knew about this and signed off on it, according to the report. All the high school students got their parents, I don't, I don't want to say involved in this, but they did let them know exactly what was happening. And they, uh, the parents were fine with it. If you're telling your parents as a high school senior, all right, this is the prank that we're going to do, and the parents are like, oh, hell yeah, that sounds like a great time, then that sounds like that should about be sounds the end like of that. the teachers are just salty. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like they're like, oh, damn, we just had to clean this shit up for three hours. Like, we're going to fucking suspend their ass or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, to be fair, this is Texas, so I, maybe maybe the teachers are just not not down for having a good time. I don't know. I, everything is bigger in Texas, so I would think that the pranks are probably bigger, too. So if you're out there trying to pull a high school prank... Also, uh, I want to know from you guys out there, too. What are your the high school pranks that you pulled in your senior year? That's an interesting Yeah, one. yeah. Leave a comment, and I want to hear your, uh, your high school prank stories because I want to hear what the most, like, heinous or hilarious one that you might have done would be maybe we'll run a contest about it and we will uh we'll round those up and we'll talk about those tomorrow night on our week five bonus show for the very interesting show at 11 so let me know leave a comment what your your 
high school prank story is because I want to hear about all of them because I love maybe I'm just living vicariously through the people by hearing your high school prank stories or maybe I'm not living vicariously because I just did not give a fuck when I was yeah, 18 I love years to hear old. the dumb shit other people did. Let's hear them. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Another parent said, according to uh, the news report, you know, they, you know, you know, they, you know, that had to have been noted here. <laughs> I, I shit you not. You know, they, they, you know, they, you know, Only the in kids Texas. go in. Yeah, they quoted this textually with it, too. <laughs> the kids go in and prank them while they turn around and prank the kids. That that was what one parent thought about the school's punishment. They thought that the school's punishment was a prank, too. They thought the school coming out and saying, all right, you know what? We're going to suspend all of you. The parents thought, wait, there's no way that's not a prank, right? They're not actually going to do this. And then it turns out that that is what happened. It's not too late for them to make it a prank. This could be the most epic newsworthy prank that just completely went national. Yep, it is not too late. It's never too late. And finally, before we go to break, Tasmanian devils, ladies and gentlemen. Now, they have been born in Australia for the first time in 3,000 years. Now, did you know that Tasmanian devils are actually an, an extinct species? They are not supposed to have existed anymore. Fortunately, they have been born again in the wild for the first time in three millennia. Native Tasmanian devils have been born on mainland Australia. And I'm going to show you guys a picture of this because this is actually a... Uh, this is kind of adorable. These Tasmanian devils are ridiculously adorable. I'm going to... Actually, I... All right, I closed out the Tasmanian devils. But look, they're adorable. I'm going to find them because I want to show the Tasmanian devils to you guys. Because they're, they're adorable. And unfortunately, they all died. But they've been born again... The birth has been a uh, culmination of decades of work by conservationists seeking to bring the marsupial back to the land where it once roamed. And they were discovered in the pouch of one Tasmanian devil mother at the 988-acre Barrington Wildlife Sanctuary in New South Wales. So what happened was they're trying to get these Tasmanian devils to actually reintroduce themselves into the wild. And so what they did was they kind of got together, they tried to breed a couple of them, and now they're going to release them back into the wild. After years of breeding the animals in captivity, Aussie Ark, which is the organization behind this, has reintroduced a total of 26 individuals to the sanctuary during the past few years in the hopes that they would reproduce and eventually recover their num numbers naturally. I'm going to see if I can find them as well, because... Wonder where they got the original extinct one. Did they like genetically create it? And then they're like, all right, we're gonna breed it as regular now. Well, I don't think it was extinct. I think they were just ridiculously, ridiculously endangered. And what they did was yeah, they took the the last Tasmanian devil and they they tried to get it to to breed. Alright, honestly, alright, I'm gonna show you guys these on the screen here because look, that that the Tasmanian devils are kind of adorable, right? They're they're kinda cute. They're they're little little furry things and they're native to Australia, and fortunately, they will not go the way of the dodo, and they will continue to exist. Not what I expected a Tasmanian devil to look like. Yeah, oh my god. I know, they're, they're kind of... I expected some... I expected, like, the actual fucking Looney Tunes character, right? I, I, I expected something similar to that. I, that looks like, like a mixture of a pig and a freaking tiger. That's pretty cool looking. Yeah, I expected a cartoon. I expected it to just <laughs> yeah, piece cartoon. it the fuck out and just be dead forever. They, they're they're kind of cute. 
I'm not going to lie. They're a little bit adorable. And now, fortunately, they have been reintroduced into the wild. There are now just 25,000 of them left in Tasmania. So that is down from that's down about 90 percent, actually, of the original population since it was discovered in 1996. So the population since 1996 has gone down by 90%, down to just 25,000 of them. So that's how many there were. They took one of the remaining 25,000 of them, and they bred them, and now the Tasmanian devils are back out there, and they're 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 kind of cute. We've made them stronger. We made them better, faster, money. stronger, and we did not have to spend a lot of money. <laughs> So when we come back, we have this week in McDonald's because they have done a couple of things. They're trying to convince people to come back to work, and they're offering people a very, very interesting war award for trying to get them to come and work for McDonald's. Besides paying them a living wage, they're just trying to give them stuff, and we will find out what that stuff is. Plus, the cheese challenge that has gone viral, and this cheese challenge has gone wrong and has caused a man to be charged with attempted murder in this cheese incident that has gone so dearly, dearly wrong. And we will find out about that when we come back. Simulation Radio. Simulation Radio. you're not hungry because this is not going to be the segment for you if you are and if you are at the very least then boy do i hope you have a snack because we've got a whole truckload of a stack of stories and they're all about food ladies and gentlemen now fortunately uh i'm full i've already had about four thousand calories today which is not looking good uh i know that the daily recommended amount now i just actually took a uh a body mass index calculator. I actually had to look up how many calories I should be eating today, and that's about uh, roughly 1,600 more than I should be having every day. But regardless of where you're at on the food scheme there, uh, just bring a snack. Bring a snack to this upcoming segment because, God, are you going to need it. We have an upcoming cheese viral challenge that has gone viral, and there's a man who has been attempted or who was charged with attempted murder following a Gatineau Canada cheese challenge. A third person has been arrested in connection with a May 7th cheese challenge incident that went badly awry. Cheese challenges are popular social media occurrence during which a slice of cheese is thrown in someone's face. So uh, it's the it's the slice cheese slam in the face challenge. We've heard about the so ice bucket challenge. The I mean, uh, uh, throwing somebody's face. No, literally, that's what happens face, here. Yeah. The gags involve slamming a slice of cheese on the baby's face, but they have since broadened to a wide variety of targets. So the challenge that is supposed to go viral here, look, we've had the ice truck challenge or the ice truck. We've had the ice bucket challenge. That'll be, have, that'll be a great new challenge. Just get hit by an ice truck and then goodbye. Yeah. 
We've had the ice bucket challenge. We have had the Tide Pod challenge. And now the next challenge that is on that list of viral social media challenges is the slice of cheese to the face challenge. Just slap right on there. People are throwing it onto onto uh, people's faces and getting in trouble for it. It's a shame. In this case, however, pieces of cheese were thrown at a vehicle triggering a violent chain of events. Look, you decide to fuck with the wrong person and bad things are going to happen. Look, okay, it's one thing to throw to slam a piece of cheese in a baby's face cuz look, unless the baby is like the rock's baby, then he's probably not going to get out of his seat and like just go punch you in the face. It, it's a poor defenseless baby. And that's the brilliant thing about the people that are taking part in this challenge is that look, they've they figured out that babies are poor defenseless creatures and if you slam a piece of cheese in their face, there's nothing that a baby can do about it, unfortunately. In this and case, that's however, why it's so funny. It I mean, is. I mean, oh, okay, so no, it's, it's definitely not funny. But well, it, and by not funny, I mean it's just so a little funny. bit funny. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen it? It's a little bit funny. Yeah. However, when you take that challenge, when you take it up a notch, bam, you take it up a notch a little bit. Then the next natural progression of that is to attempt to slam a piece of cheese at a driver's face. You throw it on a driver's windshield. Imagine you're just driving down the road. Maybe you're driving down on the interstate. And then, bam, a slice of fucking cheese just slaps the window. And maybe you're still driving and you're still on your way somewhere. And maybe just later on down the line, you have a really hard time just scraping that fucking piece of cheese off your windshield. At that point, you just got to get a new windshield, I think. There's... There's no recovering from having a God, piece of cheese. God, did the guy try to windshield wiper the cheese? Dude, rookie mistake, that, man. No. You don't windshield wiper the cheese? No, actually, the man tried to murder the person that slammed the slice of cheese it's on the, the other person. guy that got the attempted murder charge? Yeah, the guy that had the slice of cheese slapped on his window, uh, windowsill, windshield, was charged with attempted murder shortly after 3 p.m. on May 17th. Gatineau police received a 911 call that a man had been assaulted on Boulevard d'Amsterdam. Uh, there's probably a French pronun pronunciation for that because this was in Canada. A man with serious stab wounds was then taken to the hospital where he remained for several days in serious condition. He has since been released from the hospital. Police released no information on whether the victim was the driver or the passenger in the vehicle. So look, we don't know who got mad at that. It was probably the driver because the driver tends to be the one that gets mad at all this stuff. I know, right? Space Trucker says in Canada. I Yeah. Aren't they supposed to be nice over there? You think that maybe they have... Not about cheese. Yeah. You would think that maybe once the two parties interacted with each other, there would be just a casual, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I saw this uh, yeah. on the internet. Yeah. I'm sorry. I saw it on the internet. I thought it would be funny. Please accept my humble apology. But no, instead, they were, he stabbed him in the fucking face and... Face? Yeah, and then and then the rest was history. Two people were previously arrested in connection with this investigation and were released on a promise to appear in court. The third person, a 19-year-old, was arrested on Thursday afternoon and has been charged with attempted murder, aggravated assault, and assault with a weapon. So that weapon in this case, bam, piece of cheese right to the fucking, uh, right to the windshield. And it's unfortunate that things turned out that way. While we're on the topic of cheese, a UK drug dealer who posted a photo of cheese on social media led police to arrest him based on his uh, his cheese. A British drug dealer was busted after he shared a photo of his hand holding a block of cheese and using that po photo of the block of cheese, police were able to analyze his fingerprints. 
that's uh, so apparently the photo that he posted had his fingerprints properly visible on that photo and police in Liverpool. That's actually a little bit spooky that they can do that. Yeah, I I'd, wouldn't think about that. Now, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Now that, you if you're if you're operating a criminal uh, enterprise and you decide to post you got to sand your fingerprints off before you post any cheese pictures, guys. Yep. Just know that. That's what you had to do. He had sent the photo on an encrypted messaging service called EncroChat, where he used the handle Toffee Force to peddle cocaine, heroin, DMA, and just casually ketamine, according to Jeez. Liverpool police. His palm and fingerprints were analyzed from this picture, and it was established that they belonged to Stewart, according to Detective Inspector Lee Wilkinson, the cheese-loving drug dealer. Let's see, what kind of cheese did he post? He posted a picture of mature blue Stilton, that he picked up in an upscale British retail chain. I'm not familiar with that cheese, actually. I'm not familiar. I've never heard of that of cheese, cheese before. Mature Blue Stilton. I saw a picture of it. It's like a, it looks kind of like Swiss. It's a block of white cheese, and it looks like the stereotypical like cheese triangle pyramid type thing that oh, yeah, a lot of the cheese things. comes in. And it's kind of surprising that they were able to lift his fingerprints off of that because that's got to serve as a... Uh, uh, a scary uh, it's a scary precedent for just if you're a drug dealer that's casually posting pictures of your cheese on the internet and your drug cheese too. Well, just don't post drug cheese and don't post real cheese because they're going to catch you if you post either of them. You so can't just run don't do any it. criminal enterprise nowadays and post anything on the internet it feels like. God. That's a shame. The cheese-loving drug dealer was sentenced to 13 years in prison after pleading guilty to conspiracy to supply cocaine, heroin, MDMA, and ketamine in transferring criminal property. And Maryside police hope he cheddar have learned his lesson. Come on, New York Post. What are you doing here? I thought Space Trucker's dad joke in the, the chat was bad, but this one, what are you doing? Come on. Stuart. pretty cheesy. Stewart's bust comes as arrests are continuing across Merseyside as part of the ongoing Operation Venetic, billed as the UK's largest ever law enforcement operation into organized crime, according to police. About 60,000 users of EncroChat have been identified worldwide, with roughly 10,000 in the UK. All of its users were involved in the coordinating and distribution of drugs and money, as well as money laundering operations. So this one little piece of cheese, this one little, actually it wasn't a piece, it was it was a pretty big block. This one block of cheese caused the arrest of a fairly large portion of drug dealers on a particular app, Operation Venetic, began in 2016 and led to 744 arrests and the seizure of $68 million in cash and more than two tons of drugs, according to officials. They've arrested more than 60 people as part of the probe, many whom have been charged with drug trafficking or firearms offenses. This year, according to the investigation chief, we will see a number of these people continuing to appear before the courts, and we welcome each and every one of them and the pseudonym of the Cheese Dealers, username Toffee Force, which shut down was a reference to the Everton Football Club. So, he didn't even post toffee. No, he didn't. It's a shame. He didn't even post toffee. So, I would like to see some of those toffee pictures he does have, though, with the name Toffee Force. Yeah. Being an international or national drug lord. I mean, it's got to be some good toffee. So, we'll get to this week in Walmart, in, not in Walmart, this week in McDonald's, actually, in just a moment. But first, we have another shot because it's the vacation show tonight. So, cheers, everybody. Mm. 
Ugh. It's cheap liquor, so I have to do a pre-chase with Red Bull and a post-chase. Is it cheap liquor? I don't even. I've never even heard of it, so it's got to be cheap. I Look, guess you're right. It's in a glass bottle, which. Oh, glass bottle. Yeah, high shelf. High shelf. No, that's no, definitely costed not. more than twelve ninety nine. That's that good at the stuff. very least. It was in a glass bottle. So, I have a story for you. Imagine you're in May two thousand ten, and you have ten thousand Bitcoin to spend. Which is, uh, well, I want to do this story before we get to this week at McDonald's. So, what, like eight bucks? It was forty one dollars actually. Oh. Imagine in uh, what the fuck are you drinking? That's that. That's that nasty cheap vodka. That's what we're drinking. That's that nasty. If it was anything other than cheap vodka, it might be okay. But this is cheap vodka we're talking about here because, look, we decided that we wanted to do the vacation drinking show about like 30 minutes before the show started tonight. And I was still doing some show prep. So I did not have time to go out to the liquor store in that 30 minutes and get something decent. So instead, we just, uh, what, what do we got? Yeah, what do we got? What do we got? And but here's that's the thing, it's, it's quantity over quality, so we're just going to drink a lot of cheap vodka and feel good about it. Look, as long as we don't leave our fingerprints on it, that way we've left the evidence for social media. No, I stated so my fingerprints off before the show, you okay. know, just because I, I heard this this uh, story was coming up. Just making sure, as long as you've standard your oh, fingerprints. Yeah. So imagine, Completely. it's May 2010, you have got $41 worth of Bitcoin, which is ten grand of Bitcoin, and you think, okay, I really want a pizza. And that is where you've heard of Bitcoin Pizza Day, right? On May 22nd. This was the uh, the origin story of Bitcoin Pizza Day, which is that Laszlo Hanyex, a Florida resident, age 28, he decided that he wanted a pizza. I want a pizza, and yet I want to pay Bitcoin for it. And so what he did was he posted on a BitcoinTalk.org message board on May 18th, 2010, he decided, you know what? I want a pizza that's got onions, peppers, sausage, mushrooms, tomatoes, and pepperoni, just standard stuff, and I'm going to pay 10,000 Bitcoin for it. And another user, Jeremy Sturdivant, who was age 19 at that point, noticed that bizarre request on the cryptocurrency internet forum. He could receive 10,000 Bitcoins. All he had to do was make this pizza and deliver it for 10,000 bitcoins and he did it and now imagine in that situation that you did not save those 10,000 bitcoins but instead you spent them all on a travel vacation you spent all $41 of those bitcoins that might have been a little bit more than $41 in like the year or two afterwards that he went on vacation but he decided no I am not going to save those 10,000 bitcoins now, how much do you think those 10,000 Bitcoins are worth today? Well, maybe not specifically today because, you know, the, the crash and all, but it's During still its worth peak, a fairly half. Because like most people, they would have sold it when it was like 60K. Actually, do you think most people actually sold at 60K anticipating the crash or they just kind of held and are stuck in a holding pattern now? I would say they most of the regulars that bought it at $1,000. You got well, out right I remember hearing the drop. stories about people that were talking about Oh man, they sold their Bitcoin at you know seventy eight cents and stuff oh, like no. that to pay for their car or some shit like that. And uh, a year later, it was at four bucks. And damn it, I should have waited for it to be four bucks to sell it. Now it's at fucking thousands. Of- well, imagine that pizza should've, that should've was sold. once that was once worth forty one dollars in ten grand of Bitcoin in two thousand ten. 
That pizza, that pizza with onions, peppers, sausage, mushrooms, tomatoes, pepperoni, etc. Just standard stuff with no weird fish is now worth a casual three hundred and sixty-five million dollars. That's a shame. Space trucker says he'll order you a pizza for that much. Yeah, me too. I'll bet that guy is insufferable, says Space Trucker. Imagine him telling you about how he was almost a billionaire every second of every day. Yeah, look, I saw a picture of that guy on, on the would. story, too. He he looks like just an insufferable person. He's got the, the long, scraggly beard kind of soy-looking, and you know he's just ridiculously insufferable. He wakes up every day and hates himself, that's for sure, yeah. He said, I had no idea how huge it would become, but despite losing out on the boundless riches, the now 30-year-old said he is proud to have played a part in the global phenomenon, which you know that means that that guy is going around talking about it. Just an every, every, you know those people that have to like one-up you every aspect of every conversation? You know he's one of those people that anytime Bitcoin comes up, he's got to tell this story right here. Yeah, well, I had a $365 million pizza. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about your $45,000 Bitcoin. I once paid 10,000 Bitcoins just for a pizza. Yeah, that was, those were the days. Those were the days, folks. Launched in 2019, Bitcoin did not eventually reach the one-to-one with the dollar until about 2011, which is when he went on vacation. And he ended up using that money to go on vacation with. Just, unfortunately, that money would be $365 million now. It's safe to say that his haul would have been worth hundreds of millions had he decided to invest in the funds. God, do you think there's anybody out there, actually, that's had Bitcoin since it was worth nothing and just still has it? You know what I mean? And hasn't sold it off at one point and gone from one hand to another? Like I, I Me? I, I just don't have access to it. It's, it's out there somewhere. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to let me tell Other the story Other than the here. non-access people that so, I bought some 20 years ago and don't even fucking know how to get it. When I was in college in the great year of 2011, and I decided that, you know what, I have zero ways, despite the fact that I'm in college and there's legitimately the every way under the sun to get drugs possible. I thought, you know what I need to, to that do? Many people. Yeah, exactly. I, didn't, I just didn't want to go talk to anybody and ask them for drugs. But imagine it's 2011. I am a freshman in college and I decided, you know what I want to experiment with? I would like to experiment with. Uh, statue of statute of limitations is out on this, by the way. And this is only a hypothetical situation. Let's just say hypothetically, it was 2011. I was in college. Yeah, it's a bit. And I decided that, you know what? I would like to go on the dark web and order some drugs. And so what I did was set up the whole process. It was fairly complicated at that time because there were a lot of a lot more uh steps that you had to go through it was a little bit more and a little bit less complicated at the same time somehow like all the things that all the super security measures that they care about now they don't really care about as much it's just a lot of just stupid hurdles that you had to go through to do it at the time and so the point is is that i i think it was about like 40 bitcoins at the time that i ended up buying and using to buy like 120 dollars worth of drugs about and I had some leftover amount of that Bitcoin in my account. I think it was like 0.1 Bitcoin, which 0.1 Bitcoin worth uh, like today. Like four grand these yeah, days, Yeah, that right? would be yeah. like uh, four grand. And I do not have access to that four grand anymore because the account was on a Coinbase uh, account that I had made a long time ago. And I thought, you know, I, I'll just I'll hold on to this. 
the problem is, is that I don't have access to the old phone number that I used to have. What I'm thinking about doing is calling the old phone number that I used to have and being like, hey, look, buddy, you're about to get a verification code. Pay no attention to the fact that it came from Coinbase, which is a popular cryptocurrency wallet. Just pay no attention f- to that and just tell me the verification code and uh, then just piece it out. Most a good person would say, "All right, I'll give you a chunk of of this." If, if this you... guy knows anything about cryptocurrency, he's gonna be like, "You gotta split it with me now." If this guy's just some like you know random that has no idea, I actually think there's a chance that you'll be able to be like, "Hey, I used to have your phone number. I just sent a verification code to you so I could switch the phone number to my new phone number. Could you please send that to me?" And they'd be like, oh, "Yeah, yeah. That sounds sketchy, but okay, because I would do it." Fuck. If it wasn't for a cryptocurrency thing, I'd be like, hey, you got to give me half of this shit now. Both of the parties involved, both the person that bought the pizza and the person that sold the pizza for the Bitcoin, both said in previous interviews that they do not regret being part of this process at all whatsoever. So just imagine, which is a fucking lie, by the way. Yeah, they're liars. Imagine that there is three hundred and sixty five million dollars involved. There is no way that you do not regret at least some aspect of what's going on there. Unless they're loaded right now. Like they they like, man, they missed out on this one, but they got in on this one and they've already got 30 mil in the bank. And they're like, hey, you know what I mean? I could have 300 mil, but I'm doing I'm ordering a shitload of pieces with my 30 mil. Space Trucker says Hunter Biden has the number and he's going to use my Bitcoin to buy Parmesan cheese. OK, look, I. All right, Hunter Biden. I know that that you better not post that shit online because it will at least they'll. Until he sands his fingerprints off. Look, there's already enough stuff about Hunter Biden that's out there that the media is just covering up. Look, if if the media is covering that up, then I can only imagine what they would do to this. I, and you know what? Good on you, Hunter Biden. If you just want to go have a good time with some cocaine and hookers and some Parmesan cheese thrown in there, then that's okay. You do you. Just uh, if your daddy wasn't the president, would you not do the same? I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, sure, he might use it to buy some favors for his family, but... You know, at least he's having a good time about it. At least he's having a good time out there doing it. All right, so let's get into this week in Walmart. To start off with, we have a very interesting collaboration. Yes, this week in McDonald's. I hope you're not hungry out there, by the way. If you are, hope you've got a snack. All these stories are about food this segment, so just strap in, eat your cheese pizza or your Parmesan pepperoni pizza or whatever the fuck you got going on. Or your cheese before you post the picture online. Yes, just make sure your fingerprints aren't on there. McDonald's is offering new iPhones to workers that stay there for six months due to the nationwide labor shortage that has gotten so bad that a desperate McDonald's location in Illinois is offering a free iPhone to employees that work after six months in order to try and lure them to actually come and work at Walmart or to work at McDonald's. A photo of a window display advertising the promotion went viral, which read free iPhone after six months employment and meet employment criteria. While users joked about all the potential loopholes, it just shows how hard a time business owners are having attracting employers, employees into the workforce as the economy is emerging from the pandemic and restaurants. Look, it's about to get real fucking busy this summer and restaurants need people to go work for them. And what better way to try and get people to come work for you? By offering, look, you want to come come work for us? Spend six months here? You get an iPhone. Slave labor, buying slave labor sounds legit. Yeah, look, this is just slave labor on 
every side of this equation here. Imagine being that one guy that is working at the McDonald's finally that they just hired that can literally be like, yeah, it's right. I'm big dick in and around here. I can do anything I want and call the shots because they need me so bad. Like, And I'm getting an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, that sometimes for some people, that's just all it takes. Just give them a free iPhone. Now, a lot of people are questioning the potential of loopholes to uh, that might allow McDonald's to renege out of their part of the deal in the situation. Now, McDonald's also announced earlier that this this month that they're raising the hourly wage of its employees at company-owned locations by an average of 10% over the, the next several months. But that does leave out a lot of stores owned by franchisee, which, franchisees, which are apparently the overwhelming majority of owners of McDonald's. Like, I'm sure you've seen some of those signs out there that McDonald's is actually severely advertising the fact that they're, some of them are offering 11 bucks an hour starting off at. And that... For McDonald's, 11 bucks an hour does not actually sound bad. Now, I know that most people say that McDonald's is meant to be entry-level work and they're, you're not meant to earn a livable wage, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with. But who the fuck wants to work at McDonald's? Well, imagine making 11 bucks an hour in, like, Wyoming. I know it's like... Yeah, you know, that's not it's, bad. It's, it's like to us here in Florida where the minimum wage is about to be 15 in a couple of months. 11 bucks an hour, we're like, oh, God... I won't do nothing for that. I'd rather sit on my ass. But uh, in like Wyoming, where the regular minimum wage is six bucks and they're offering 11 bucks an hour, people are probably going to jump on that shit. Yeah, that's true. So if you uh, if you want to go work at McDonald's lately. and if you also casually want uh, an iPhone, then maybe McDonald's. Look, they don't have much else to offer. There's not a lot to uh, there's not a lot of positive. And things. you get to eat free McChickens whenever you want. Go ahead, work there. Well, that's got to get old, though. After, like, the first two or three McChickens a day. Two or three hundred? Oh, a day? Yeah. So after, like, a hundred days? Yeah. How long would it take for a McChicken to start getting old? I I get that a McChicken has a very high replay value, more so than a lot of fast food things, but I feel like the the novelty of the the McChicken is going to wear off after... uh, not a long Hasn't time. Has everybody actually. wanted to go back in behind McDonald's and make whatever you wanted, however you wanted? Just go work there for a week. You can do that, and then you know everybody does that for a little while, and every and we get the work economy back going. Yeah, that's Perfect. it. That's all you got to do. Just to make your bagel. So, are you aware of how crazy K-pop fans are? Now they go viral on social media a lot, particularly fans of a group called BTS, which is the largest K-pop group in essentially all of the world now mcdonald's is coming out with bts hybrid meals they now they've been known to create special meals for other celebrities in the past like i know that they had uh didn't they have one for god it was so it's not a kid's meal it's like a hybrid meal no yeah it's like a special sponsored special meal that they get now i know that they did this i think it was like a basketball player that they did this for a while back let me know in the in the comments, by the way, what the last McDonald's promotional material was, because I do not specifically remember. I think it was it was it was either Lil Nas X or it was it was some other basketball player. I think Free that they had a blood with every French fry you get. Oh God, that's not, I, I'm already ready for Lil Nas X to just fucking disappear off the face of the narrative, based on how stupid he is, but. I don't know. I think he uh he's gonna uh do the whole 
controversial loophole. You know what I mean? Like he's going to stay controversial and stay popular because he's controversial. Yeah. The sad thing is that he's just controversying his way to the top right now. And sure, that's going to get him a lot of attention. But at the same time, it also kind of makes him fucking annoying. Well, McDonald's is coming out with a hybrid Happy value meal. Maybe not happy value meal, but just regular in Japan, value it's happy. meal. Yeah, in Japan, it's happy. Everything's happy in Japan. But McDonald's and BTS, who are known for being the most rabid fan base of just about any group in the entire world, are coming out with a hybrid meal. And I will show this to you guys, actually. Here we are, BTS! We are on the set for our McDonald's commercial. That's right. Most popular McDonald's boy band so group in the world so right here. We can't wait for you to try in restaurant. We hope you're ready to order the BTS meal. What's in the meal? You better Chicken be. Nuggets, fries, and coke. And special Cajun sauce and sweet chili sauce. Just so it's just you. a chicken nugget meal, but it, it is sponsored by BTS. Also, look this at this group. This is Szechuan sauce all over again. This chili sauce better be good. It's sure. So I save it for 20 hours. Check it out. These fucking literal human Ken dolls don't eat McDonald's. There's no way. Dude, they couldn't even pronounce hamburger, okay? Like, of course they don't need the... the well, I can understand the Asian accent, but you think they'd perfect it for a commercial. It's just McNuggets and fries and a Diet Coke. That's literally a standard McDonald's meal. And the sweet chili sauce. Yeah. Sweet chili sauce. And Cajun. Cajun. Those are also just standard McDonald's sauces. Of course, the BTS meal. So if you would like to take part in the BTS meal, then just go to McDonald's and order a standard chicken nugget meal with some sauce. And maybe Can they'll I say have that BTS sauce, please. It's like going to Starbucks and not knowing what the stupid fucking names for all the sizes that they have over there, like the venti and the grande and the tall. I don't fucking know which one of those is which. So I'm just walking in McDonald's and I'm ordering a chicken nugget meal. I'm not going to go in there and order the the. The BTS Nugget Meals Copyright 2021. Come on. That's not happening. Gotta say it with an Asian accent so they know what you're ordering. Yeah. Finally, before we go to break, there's a bar in Texas, in Fort Worth, Texas, that is a 9-11-themed bar, which is getting a little bit of controversy, as you would expect a 9-11-themed bar to receive. In Texas, there's just about a bar for every type of person, and... This type of person just really likes 9-11 bars. We didn't think that there was a bar themed after one of the most tragic events in U.S. history, 9-11, until now. It's very real, and it's very open. It all started when a guy named Jesse Taylor passed by the bar asking himself, huh, that couldn't be what I think it does, right? And yes, it does. He posts pictures of the bar to Twitter, and it went viral shortly after that. Inside the bar are pictures of the Twin Towers on that morning. Smoke can be seen built billowing out of the buildings and the bar also has a list of posted times and what happened during those moments so they've got you know how you go to like a themed bar and they have like posters and signs on the walls that are about what their theme is to kind of give a little bit of a character and to give a vibe to that that place well the 9-11 bar is has quite a big 9-11 vibe to it they've got Pieces of history remember 9-11. In fact, I'll, I'll put a couple of these on the screen. The bar is called Bar 9-11. So I guess maybe it's just a play on Bar what None. Other name? 
Yeah, bar 9-11. Here's a picture of one of the 9-11 memorials, and it's a picture of the Twin Towers being uh, smoked. The bar's owner, Brent Johnson, spoke to Texas Monthly about the heat that his business was getting on social media. Johnson said that he believes that the name isn't in bad taste. He told the magazine that he saw a study one September that 80% of Americans didn't know that the anniversary of the event was approaching. How do you not know that the anniversary of 9-11 is it's on fucking 9-11? It's, it's, it's got it's it in the name. Right there. I mean, it's the, day, the, the easiest one. The event is called 9-11. How the fuck do you not know when the anniversary for the event is? It's, by the way, it is on September 11th, 2000, 2001. That's when the anniversary is. It 9-11. Yeah, it turns out that September 11th, 2001 happened on September 11th, 2001. God, I, would, I would love to what hear the mindset of somebody who doesn't know. It. They're like, I thought the 9 was a plane and the 11 were the towers. And like, that's why it was called 9-11, you know? I would love to hear the mindset of that. Yeah, how dare you? How dare you? You just you don't know. You just don't know. So when we come back, we are going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to get to some reach for the sky where we we talk to the robot and we let the robot determine what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to do as our cool down. And of course, we will be taking another shot because it's the vacation stream vacation show. And when we come back, we'll, we're going to let the robot take the reins. Now, I might have to put the robot down at some point during the show, but for the meantime, we'll let him give us some conversation topics, and then I'll put a fucking bullet in its brain. So, we'll let him do the Better work first. Good. Yeah, we'll, AI. we'll let the robot do the work first, and then, afterwards, I will put him down. Look, it's 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 like Lassie. We're gonna bring her out to the back, <laughs> and we're just gonna... She, she's getting sick, and before Lassie decides to rise up as zombie Lassie and kill everybody, then we just, we gotta take care of her. But before we do that... We got to make sure she tells us that someone's in the well. Yeah, yeah. By talking to him. Look, as long as we know that somebody is there, as long as Lassie has done all the work already, then then it's okay. You can you can rest, sweet prince, sweet sweet princess. <laughs> but we'll get to reach for the sky when we come back. Simulation. Hey, dude. Close out the show in just a moment by doing Reach for the Sky, where the robot decides where our conversations are going. But first, I would like to give a warning to everybody out there. Now, we have all enjoyed very fun times as a young, innocent child. And you know how when your parents warn you about things that you don't really know what the uh, what the, the consequences. Oh, yeah, yeah, you don't know what the hell it means. You don't know what the possible consequences could be. You're just wondering, oh, why the fuck are my parents warning me about this? This sounds really stupid. And one of those things is shining laser pointers at like airplanes or like at police vehicles. And everybody warns you not to do it, but as a little kid, you don't really understand why. It's probably because they think that somebody's gonna fucking shoot them. And you don't really understand that. Hell, as a, as little, a little kid. kid, it made me want to do it more. I'm like, I want to see what the hell happens now. I'm going to shine the laser pointer at the airplane. 
Well, if you're a little kid, it might be okay to do that, but unfortunately... It is not okay for a 42-year-old man who was arrested Definitely. in New York, according to CBS News in New York and Brooklyn. He was caught pointing the beam of light from atop a building at Red Rook Houses at about 9.40 p.m. last week. Police said nobody was injured, but he was arrested for doing so. So if you think that, oh, maybe I don't really know the consequences of this, so I'm just going to attempt to do it anyway, then you know what? You are going to be arrested for it. That was a hell of a step on his midlife crisis right there. Yeah. Look, you go from maybe buying an expensive car, having existential crises about what your life means, to just shining a laser pointer and settling in and... Unfortunately, getting you know what? I am it. gonna shine the laser pointer at this airplane this time. Yeah, and you're arrested. I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna have a good time doing it. But then I guess I'm just gonna have to just casually go to jail afterwards. It's a shame, but he's locked up now. And oh, cheers, everybody! Let's do reach for the sky. Oh no, not my ship! Somebody do something! That's right. Towards the end of the show, God, at the end of the show, we do a bit of a cool down and we let the robot decide where we end the show at. And we go to randomquestionmaker.com and we uh, settle in for the last couple minutes, have a little bit of fun, do a cool down, have have a good time towards the end of the show as if we weren't already doing that. Look, we're on vacation, baby. At least I'm on vacation this week. But we have, as usual, the five categories. We've got Candid, Weird, Icebreaker, Creative, and Funny. And I will let Ryan Seacrest actually pick which category we're going to go with today. Go with, uh, do it again. Say, say the. We've uh, got Candid, Weird, Icebreaker, Creative, and Funny. We're going to hit Weird. Of course. Time. Look, it, Space Trucker said Weird yesterday. I know everybody's going for Weird today or just all the time. So let's we're see. Some weird people. Yeah, let's see what. Uh, Let's see what the robot has got for us. What is the best job you've ever had? All right, so it's hard to say because there are not a lot of good ones out there. The problem is is that as soon as you enter a job, you're already looking for ways out. Unless the job is just not insufferable, and it's hard for a job to not be a little bit insufferable, right? But you go back and you think about all the ones that you've ever had, and the sad part is... It's pretty much it, like pick your favorite one, you know? Yeah, I mean? like, it's not like what's the best one, because none of them are the best. There's just the one that you like the most, yeah, you there, know? There's just the most tolerable one, and that's it. Unless that's, there's a job at one point where you were legitimately having a good time as you were doing it. And at that point, then you idiot, why did you give that up? Ugh. That's where going into business for yourself starts to come into play here. Because, look, doing the radio show, I have fun at work. At technically at work, and you know, space trucker. I'm sure you have fun at uh, at the shop every day because While it's it's what you want to do. Yeah. So it, the problem is, is that when you're forced to work for people, and when you're forced to uh, to work for the the system, man, the man. Yeah, that's when it starts to get Dude. a little. That's when it starts to get a little bit hairy. So which which is the job that you had the maybe not the best job, but which is the one that you had that you uh, tolerated the most? I at mean, least? me personally, there was a job I had where uh, you were lugging around a boat all day with a truck, and then uh, you were spraying because this is Florida and there's a lot of like water and shit here. So uh, you, you you end up having to control. 
what grows in that water. So you're spraying chemicals in water on a boat. Pretty much you're on a boat holding a hose all day. Like, that sounds tolerable. And then the, the people I worked with were all like, you know, potheads. And I was like 19 and I was a pothead. So we're on a boat riding around, sprayed out of a giant hose and smoking weed. And I was like, dude, this doesn't get any better than this, man. And it didn't. No. Yeah. The problem is, is that when you have enough freedom to be able to do things on your own and when your employer gives you the freedom to like, all right. Here are your responsibilities. As long as you go as do As long them. as it gets done, I don't give a hell. I don't, I don't give a shit what you do. And, and I'm like, damn, I'll never get anything like that again, will I? The problem is, is that most employers do not work like that, and they just have to micromanage every step of what you're doing in order to make sure. But look, it's up to management at this point to realize the people that you've got and to treat them accordingly. Snakes and gators, F that. How the hell do you have fingers? That's that's uh, that's a good question. The problem is, is that snakes and gators are not actually as common as it's you not might think. Jump, you have a boat that you're sitting on that you're spraying out of a hose on. You know, it's not going to jump up on your boat. It's in the water. You know, it's like a fish at that point. You don't give a shit about it. If the gator gets next to you. You spray it with a giant freaking hose full of copper that's spraying as fast as a fucking. Uh, fire extinguisher hose, you know what I mean? Like, Has that ever happened? Away. Have you ever actually run into a gator like that? Yeah, once, and I took a picture of it and posted it all online and stuff like that because I was like, yeah, just got away from this gator because I'm 19. Thought what I was did it badass. do? Absolutely nothing, you know what I mean? But I still was like, oh my God, it's close to me. I'm gotta, surprised the gator didn't the want to eat you. Me. And there was one time where uh, a snake came close to me, but the snake stays in the water because that's where it freaking, it's like, it's not going to crawl. Like I said, it's not going to crawl on the boat. It doesn't give a shit about you. You're a giant. Unless it's a water human. moccasin. The it water moccasins. That's exactly the, what it was, was a water really? moccasin. Because I know. It's crazy in, because those are like fish almost. They yeah. They really swim like fish and all that shit. And if you're on the land and you see a water moccasin, you're like, yeah, that, that thing is pretty much a fish at that because it literally just swims around and shit. Do you remember that one time that we went to Blue Springs when we were little and they, everybody at Blue Springs started freaking the fuck out because one person saw a water moccasin in the water and everybody just starts yelling at everybody, get out of the water, there's a water moccasin, they're going to eat all of us. And everybody just spent the next like hour or two looking crowding around it. the water looking for it and nobody could find it. And that's what I've heard. Based on the knowledge that I have about water moccasins is that every single other snake does not want to fuck with you at all. Every snake does not want any part of what you're doing. They just want to get away from you. But water moccasins are the only snakes that if you're there, that water moccasin is going to swim up to you and bite the shit out of you. And then you're going to want to maybe just slice its head off and do the thing. But I don't know. And then die. Yeah. Round one. Fight. The snake, the snake wins that round because you're you're gonna die if it bites you. But copper, the, the only one that I've ever seen in person that the reason I say it's a fish snake is because it just swam around like a fish. Yeah, and that's what I it fucking, does. And I was like, oh, it's the, and then I fucking splashed the water next to it and it swam away like a fish would. And I was like, that's oh, just a fucking fish snake. It eats fish and it swims around and then it comes up for air like a turtle. It's like the equivalent of a snapping turtle snake. Yeah, you see it swim around, you see it fucking slither around in the water, and you can mistake that for a, for a fish or, like, maybe an eel. Eels are I, I cool I do remember shit. actually one time younger at Blue Springs that you talk about where somebody hooked one, hooked a fish, 
and then there was a water moccasin and then they like dangled the fish in front of the water moccasin and it bit onto it and then they dangled around the water moccasin and the fish and everybody oh, yeah. blew their fucking lid about that and yeah. I was like oh man I don't know, that was pretty funny uh, that was funny uh, everybody, That's all it everybody was. shit their pants They're like he's got a fucking water moccasin on his fishing pole and that's fine. It's funny. So at the end of the show, I want to take a, a moment here to remind everybody to follow on social media. Look, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, it is at Simulation Radio on everything. So make sure to follow it. Like, subscribe, press that share button. Look, we're seeing numbers increase, and I've learned that what I have to do is I have to tell everybody to subscribe because I guess that's what YouTube viewers need is they need to be told to subscribe in order to actually subscribe. So I, I see you guys out there. Look, I understand uh, you're probably in school right now and you're waiting for your teacher to tell you what you need to do next. And so I will do that for you. So pre you see that it's right there. It is It's probably like down there-ish, kind of, according to the camera. So press it. It's big and it's red and it says subscribe on it. So I want you to press that button and make sure to share everything as well. Also, follow on social media. It is, yes, like, comment, subscribe. Perfect, perfect YouTube. And so do all of those things. It is also at Simulation Radio on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I've been more active on all of those things lately, too. Seeing the numbers start to pump up a little bit. So you know what? Maybe the trick is to just continue to be as controversial as possible because... A couple, a lot of people listen to to Woke Olympics on yesterday's show, and I'm getting some shit about that. So I've learned that in order to drive engagement, the key is to be as controversial as possible. And so fortunately, I don't have to try to do that. I just have to say opinions, and they just so happen to be controversial. And, so and they have their opinions, those bastards out there. There, yeah, there. That's a shame. I can't wait until this channel explodes. Thank you, Space Trucker. I cannot either. And so I'm glad that you're here. You get to be on the ground floor. So all the rest of you guys out there, make sure to follow, like, and subscribe because I'm seeing the numbers start to increase a bit here. And I'm doing more work to to get all the stuff out there into the algorithm, into the, into the official public domain of robotic record. At least, you know, before... Before before it rises up and kills us all. For so, the real robotic record. Yeah, right. Like I had a conversation with Justin record. from the very interesting show that we're going to talk about tomorrow about what the uh, the post apocalyptic robot uprising world looks like. And look, we're 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 gonna get there at one point, and we're going to have to have the heated and necessary debate about the essential things that we're going to need to bring into the next world with us after we've killed all the robots. So. Look, just stay tuned for that, and trust me, I will be here in the post-robot world. So, if you would like to also be part of the post-robot world after Death they rise robot. up, yeah, after we rise up and and we kill them all, then stay tuned. It's at Simulation Radio on everything. And with that in mind, tomorrow we will be doing our very interesting show, Week Five bonus show. So, what that means is. Instead of doing the regular show, we're going to sit back and chill for an hour, and we're just going to have a side conversation. It is our week five bonus show. We we take off from doing the structured four-segment shows where we talk about stories and news and all the stuff, and we're just going to sit back and, and bullshit Shit. for a while. And that will be tomorrow night's very interesting show at 11 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you're staying tuned for that, and I will be back on Monday with another edition of Simulation Radio Live and I hope that you are too 
follow everything, and I'll see you all on Monday. Bye!